Hi guys, welcome to Library Overload. This is Tavia. This is Susie. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, if you hear any of the books that you like and you want to check those out, go visit our website, which is libraryoverload.home.blog, and also check us out on Instagram and Facebook, and we're just Library Overload there. so much for tuning in with us again week after week you are so appreciated and before we start talking about our buddy read for the month which we are very excited to talk about i feel like we are always excited every yes. episode we just we say like i mean if there's books to talk about we're, we're excited i know and if someone wants to listen to us talking about books mm-hmm. like i'm like yay yes but first a little housekeeping so we have hmm i was trying to think of something witty to say we're moving up in the world. We're moving on up. Moving on up. Moving on up. <laughs> it was really good what I just did. But we have gotten our own podcast equipment and we are now recording from our house. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so we used to, and I don't remember if we've ever actually said this. Actually, I don't think we did. Okay. So really, really cool about our library, the Chattanooga Public Library. It's a fairly large library for the size of our city, Mm -hmm. I think. And on the second floor, they have a studio, a recording studio. And as long as you were in good standing with your library card, you were able to go and record there. They had all the equipment you needed. They taught you how to do it in order to help you become self-sufficient, which is exactly what they have done. Yes. Because we have graduated Yay, we're so grown up. We're so grown up. We're just ready for the world. (laughs) But we can only record there a couple times a month. So to kind of accommodate shifting schedules, we went ahead and got our own equipment so we can come to you whenever we need to. I know. And I'm, I'm very excited because of the way my work schedule had to be. If I was going to record, we would always do like an afternoon on a Monday. And in order for me to get my work schedule to fit that, I had to work the truck shift, which meant I had to be at work at 5 a.m. I would get off at 1230. I would rush over to the library and we would record at 1 p.m. That's why you were always so tired when we were recording. Or so giddy. Maybe you'll be smarter now that we're recording. Maybe I'll have the words. I mean, I really doubt it, but... But it's, you know, anything could happen. Pigs could fly. You know, (laughs) you know what my favorite thing, though, about this situation we have going right now is the fact that I can drink me some wine and we can talk books and it's basically like the happiest day of my life. We're drinking and podcasting as we speak. It is (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) We're very excited. I was walking out the door about to head over to meet Tavia and I was like I need wine and so I had like I haven't bought wine in forever and so I was like hoping that I just had something left over I was like oh my god like the one bottle I had left in my house so but don't you worry I will be more prepared that's so funny next week next week you'll like be I'll be like I have six bottles let's do this they're gonna think we're alcoholics we should maybe like tone it down well remember when I when we used to have like a word of the of the day a word where you would mess it up and like make it up no like remember we used to say like one word for some reason every single episode I remember and I'd be like all right take a drink (laughs) 
We just said magnificent again. Yes. So we get to play our own drinking game? <laughs> yes. That is hysterical. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good idea because maybe we'll come off sounding less witty than we I think, actually are. I think I'm sober hysterical and I think it only goes up with alcohol. Having been the sober person to your drunk person, I vehemently disagree. When have you ever been sober when I was drunk? Um, down downtown a couple of times. Was it that Sunday? And at brunch? Was it that Sunday fun day that you showed up like five hours after we had started? I mean, some people have things to do. They and can't I was just like, clear their schedules. Like, <laughs> she she immediately looked at me and she was like, No. I was not on her level <laughs> at all. I don't think anyone on the planet could have been at her level. Oh my at that god, point. that was a great day. You that know, your great. husband promised me that we could have a an engagement Sunday fun day. Yeah. He said you want to turn it into like a, a weekend fun day. <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. I'm okay with just a Sunday fun day, though. Okay. I will most definitely have to take the following yes. su- Monday off, though. For those that don't know, I'm sure you can infer from context, Sunday fun day is just basically where you start out at brunch drinking and you don't stop. And then stop. you never stop. You just go to different restaurants and continue drinking. We have made it a science. You have made it a science, yes. I usually just go along for the food. Well, I mean, you have to start someplace with, you know, good food. So you get, you know, you get some sustenance so you're not just drinking on an empty Mm -hmm. stomach. That's, that's the number one rule. And you also have to plan out where has drink specials. Yes, because if you don't, you're going to drop like $200 in a day. Like cheap mimosas and cheap sangrias. Mm -hmm. We have two places around Chattanooga that have. Yes, and then there's a place that does fish bowls. Mm -hmm. I love the fish bowls. (laughs) Except never try to challenge Tavia's husband and go drink for drink on the fish bowls with him. I did almost die. Mathematically (laughs) impossible. (laughs) But yeah. So we're very, very excited. Yes. Again, I know, but truly. Yes, we're, we're excited about this. Um, I, I think it's going to be good for us, and it's going to be good for our schedules and, and getting to sleeps. continue. Yeah, and getting to continue doing something that we yes. love. And we really do. We love it so much. Like, Tavia puts in so much time and effort into editing the podcast. I put very little time and effort into the show notes, but I do love doing them. You're hysterical with them, though. The The anecdote from last episode about Dick's Sporting Goods with the, the correlating show note was pretty, yeah, was you're, pretty funny. You're welcome, people. Yeah. You truly are. But no, like we, we do. We put a lot of thought and preparation into this, and we so enjoy it. And we couldn't do it without you guys listening, so we really appreciate that, too. We love you guys. You complete us. <gasps> oh, Jerry Maguire. I was going with Austin Powers and Mini-Me. Gross. Why would you ever quote Austin Powers but not quote Jerry Maguire? Because I just don't really like Tom Cruise all that no, much. No, I don't like him either, but Jerry Maguire is where that line comes but, from. No, it's like you complete me with Mini-Me and a little hand. You guys can't see it, but I'm doing hand gestures. You complete me. When did they start making Austin Powers movies? 97, I thought. We'll fact check that. I'm pretty sure Jerry Maguire is older than Austin Powers. Irrelevant. Whatever's. So, Good Omens. <laughs> yes, let's talk about Good Omens this month was my buddy read pick. Very excited. I got one that we both really enjoyed, so that was awesome. Yes, way to go you. Yay for me. 
So we both wanted to read this because it is a new Amazon Prime TV show. It is which not on Netflix. It is on Amazon Prime. It is not a Netflix show. Uh, Amazon is killing it with their stuff. Yeah, they really are. They just did one with John Krasinski in it. Jack Ryan? Yes. Chris and I watched it. Loved it. It was it was fantastic. And I just, I feel like they're really doing well yeah. on Amazon their shows. Amazon takes like 95% of our money. I swear to you, I would probably <laughs> bet you money that Amazon delivers to our house at least once a week. At oh, least. That's not near as bad as it could be, though. Well, so my husband okay. has a problem, though. Mm. He orders on Amazon all the time. It's hilarious. Um, anyways, I'm sure yes. the independent owners of businesses would... It hurts their heart to probably. hear that. But my husband hates shopping like with a passion I get it. so any chance that he can avoid human interaction he's going to take <laughs> it so you know he even gets like beverages and stuff on amazon now like alcoholic beverages no like rain and buy oh okay bye 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 <laughs> Do we have to pay every time I sing a song on here? We probably should. I feel like it's some sort of like... I do. I should stop that then. I mean, it's fine. We're not famous enough <laughs> that Justin Timberlake's listening. One day, though. <laughs> I mean, we wait. are in like... We're in Usher's hometown, so... True. Maybe he could be listening. So maybe don't sing any Usher songs. Right. No offense to Usher. Usher. <laughs> There was a, a trivia show we watched the other day, and it had, what was Usher's middle name? And I was like, he sings it in every single song. It's not as bad as Jason Derulo. <laughs> this is true. This is true. We should probably start talking about the book. Okay. That's why people are here, All right? right? They're here All right. for the book. Focus. <laughs> Good omens. All right. So. It's actually a two, two-part title. It's Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter Witch. You are correct, ma'am. That is in the tiniest print. Yes. You are correct. I noticed, I read an article. It said Neil Gaiman wanted to do Good Omens and Terry Pratchett wanted to do The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter. And so... So they did both. They just did both. Neil Gaiman put his in bigger letters. Basically. I like it. All right. So in case you're under a rock, really quickly, we'll tell you what Good Omens is about. Should we insult our viewers or listeners? Is that what, is that where we're going to start? Maybe. Okay. So, Good Omens, when you get down to it, is kind of about a friendship. Mm-hmm. It's a friendship between a demon and an angel. Aziraphale is the angel. It took me weeks to remember his name and then remember how to pronounce it. Weeks. I'm horrible with names anyways. That's funny. So, it was real bad when it's... I also, you know, I have... I have the serious issue of I like to listen to the book in my car right. on the way to work and then pick up where I'm reading at. Mm-hmm. So I knew from the beginning that's what it was. Yeah. See, I do rely on you to listen to the books we talk about simply because you'll know how to pronounce words. Right. I like to do that. I like because I listen to them in my car on the way to work and the way home from work. Right. And so I always like to have the audible version mm-hmm. of, and I, I just get the subscription. So it's not like I'm shelling out tons and tons of money or anything. That's very good. <laughs> okay. So Aziraphale, the angel, and Crowley, the demon, they have... They changed his name like a couple of times. So I think that's well, really it was, funny. It was Crowley. Yes. When he was the serpent mm-hmm. in the garden. And he was thinking of changing it. <laughs> because when he 
became more of a human looking form he was like well crawley doesn't fit me and so he just switched it to an o so he was crowley and it's basically it's the week of armageddon the end of the world and they're like but we kind of like the world yeah they've gone native so they've been on earth for so long that they're like they they really don't want the way that they've got it to end. Yeah, they've they like their lives. They like the humans, mm-hmm. and they just they want to keep it the way it is. To back up just a little bit, it does start eleven years earlier. True. And Crowley is called up to deliver the Antichrist, baby Antichrist, the baby Antichrist to a, a group of satanic nuns, which is hysterical. Hysterical. And they're gonna switch the Antichrist out for a real human baby, and. Crowley gives it to the nuns, and there's a mix-up, oh, and they lose the Antichrist. So this it's whole hysterical. time, uh, Aziraphale and Crowley kind of make a pact that they'll each be whispering in the baby Antichrist's ear. So by the time he grows up and it's time to really take in his powers, he's somewhat neutral in right. his thoughts. He won't be all evil or all good. Yes. They'll have... It's the nature versus nurture argument kind of. Right. Know. So it's... The day of... The week of. Well, it's the 11th birthday mm-hmm. of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And it's the day that he comes into his powers. Correct. And they don't have the Antichrist. Yeah, they figure it out 11 years later that they've been raising the wrong kid. And so it's, you know, a few days before Armageddon and where the hell's the Antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that concept alone is, is hysterical. I, as soon as I heard the concept, which oh, this book is pretty old and i have never heard of it almost as old as you no it is it was written in 1990 it's one year younger than you wow i hate that i really hate what you just did yeah i hate that (laughs) a whole lot so this is kind of the premise we went into i really liked it it was really funny it's a satire it's a super satirical take on religion and the thoughts of angels and demons and kind of how their inner workings are and kind of how it's still very much like a pencil pushing mm-hmm. a bureaucracy corpor- corporation yeah. yeah heaven and hell are bureaucracies basically in in this world also and it's a, it's very much a satire on man's ability to destroy themselves without mm-hmm. any influence from anyone else yes <clears throat> so, pretty funny who was your favorite character? You know, I really liked, I liked Anathema. Mm-hmm. And I also liked, um, not just, just because he was funny. I liked the uh, Sergeant Witchfinder guy. Oh, God. He was hysterical. He annoyed the hell out of he me. He was so funny. He was my least favorite person. <laughs> I mean, he's the least likable character, but he was hilarious. Uh-uh, he was too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I liked Crowley in and Aziraphale. Aziraphale, that's not it. (laughs) Aziraphale. Um, But also liked the kids. Um, Pepper, the Mm -hmm. little girl, she was awesome. She was very much us. Mm -hmm. No, my favorite character was Crowley. He's pretty awesome. Like, he was just so funny. Like, yeah. And he was, it wasn't like he was super evil just because he was a demon. Mm -hmm. He was more like mischievous. Mischievous? mischievous no you pronounce it mischievous you can look that up right now i will bet you a dollar i don't like mischievous i cannot help that that's how it's pronounced i hate it 
Well, it doesn't change anything. I'm going to try to find another word. He's like... I don't have another word. Facetious? Yeah, I mean, he's sarcastic, but he he's like... You know how he creates a a highway yes. in a way that like is like a dynamic dynamic demonic yes symbol yes and he's like it's one of his crowning achievements like mm-hmm. that's like intelligently mm-hmm. villainous yes and it's so fun like it's just yeah funny. his little like things that he d- does mm-hmm. it's like they were gonna do it anyway I just helped yeah and and then it talks about how like the other demons are like oh I put. I put thoughts into this priest's head and 10 years he'll have left the (laughs) left the religion. And Crowley was like, well, on my way here, I shut down the cell phone towers for two hours. (laughs) And they're like, what did that do? And he's like, everybody was mad. (laughs) He said that that will fester and stew for a lifetime. (laughs) Yes, people are very angry about their cell phone service not working for reals. That is a thing. Okay. So now here's the point where if you have not read this and you do not want to be spoiled, please run away. But, but just, just hit pause and run away and read the book and then come back. Please come back. Yes. I didn't mean like just like drop your phone and haul ass in one direction. Okay. I just wanted to make that clear. I don't think anyone was going to do that, but I do appreciate the clarification. You're welcome. Okay. Nice. Concise. Was it concise? Yes. What was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, there's a lot going on in this book. There are a lot of characters. There are so many characters. There's sometimes it's hard to, to realize where you're picking up at. Like it'll just stop in one paragraph and pick up in the next. That was one of my my dislikes about it was there wasn't like a big, like there wasn't like a page break. There wasn't. You know, a lot of chapters will say whose point of view at the right. beginning of the chapter, but it wasn't like that. It wasn't even, it was just a paragraph break, really, mm-hmm. in most and cases. And sometimes it would only go to someone else's perspective for like Three a couple lines. of lines. Yeah. And then it would jump to someone else yeah. for a couple of paragraphs. So and that was a little else. confusing. And sometimes it would even go to someone's point of view that we have not yet met. We're three quarters of the way into the book and it's someone new that we've never Mm -hmm. met before and we only get them for a couple of paragraphs Mm -hmm. and then they die. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, thanks for that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's just like Neil Gaiman's weird. It could be. I don't really have any ground to judge him on other than I read some of his short stories Mm -hmm. and they're really out there. So they're not his best work to... To critique any of his other stuff against. Well, I love the movie Stardust. It's, nobody knows about it, but it's got a huge cast mm-hmm. and it's so good. Yeah. And I didn't know it was a, it was a book originally for years. So when I finally found out, I was like, well, of course I have to read it. It's going to be so good. Obviously. And it was really boring. Oh. And I just, I read it. But it was, I just kept thinking, like, this is not as magical oh, and as stinks. lyrical as mm-hmm. the movie was. And it was just, I was very disappointed. One of those books that maybe wouldn't be hard to translate as a book. Like, mm-hmm. it came to life much more yeah. visually appealing. Yeah, like it was that. just, it's a beautiful movie. If you haven't seen it, please, please watch Stardust. It is, mm-hmm. it is wonderful. I love it well, so much. I first got to know who Neil Gaiman was from Doctor Who, because he's a writer oh. for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So I started seeing his name in other places and I had a, a reading challenge I did where one of the prompts was a book of short stories. So I picked up his Aww. short stories. 
That was one of our first it like was. big reading things together. Tavi and I met and figured out that we both loved reading. And so we would talk about books that we liked and stuff. And then one day I was like, hey, there's this cool, it was a, what was it called? It was like a three month period or something. It was a summer reading challenge, I think. Okay. Yeah. It, it was like you had to read a book that had a red cover. Maybe and it was a whole year. I can't remember. It was a, it was so long ago. It really was. And you're so old. You're so old. <laughs> but I am being very sweet and thinking about our beginnings together. Yes. My so bad. you shut your face. I'll come and join you on the nostalgia train. Thank you. All right. But yeah, it was like the first like bookish nerdy mm-hmm. thing that we ever did. And it was just so yeah. much fun. I do remember that was the first time we bonded over a hated book. And that was The Dinner. Oh, I we hated that, that book. We both hated, hated, hated that Ugh. book. But and you know what? Even now, whenever I see that, I'm like, Ugh. I am too. Like it <laughs> makes me nauseous. It makes I me sick to my stomach. So bad. Hey, if you guys read that book, what? It's by Herman Kosh. Kosh. K O S H. If you read that book and you liked it, please let us know so we I can talk about to, it. I would love to know like what you liked about it. <laughs> and we've said this all the time. A book, one book, is not for every person. Correct. Just because we hate it, that's totally fine for mm-hmm. you to like it. But I would be interested mm-hmm. to know, like, why. I think we had some comments on our Instagram this week about yes. unlikable characters. And that's something you and I both really need in a novel. Yes. Um, I need and the to dinner, like. The dinner yeah. did not have any likable characters at no, all. None at all. Um, so I think that's where we hated that one from. Yeah. So maybe it other also, people will like it. And it also kind of ends kind of ambiguously. And that's another thing that I'm mm-hmm. like, nope, I need you to tell me. Yeah. I need you to end it. Escapism reading. Yes. I need you to give me clear direction of how this ends. Yeah. Tell me what to think mm-hmm. about how it ends. Yes, please. Yeah. I did just remember another character I really like is War. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse War is are, awesome. is, are in the book, obviously, because they're the apocalypse horsemen mm. people. <laughs> And war is there. That was so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I really. But they're horse persons because war is a female. You are you are very correct. I just um, want to put that out there. Thank you for that. I really did like the four horsemen as well. I'm just going to say horsemen. Okay. Horse people. Do, mm, no. <laughs> no. Do you remember in um, parts of the Caribbean, they call them the fish people? I don't know where that came from, but that was really funny. Who's the fish people? In the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie, With the two the, British guys are like... The goofy two? Yeah. The one with the fake eye, the wooden eye? No, the the soldiers, and they're guarding the, the heart chest, and they're like, the chaos is here because of the fish people. No, I don't remember that at <laughs> okay. all. Okay, we'll, we'll have to like figure out a way to embed that link so that everyone can know. YouTube. I, yes. can, fi- I can find okay. it. Okay. Well, it's a scene in the third Pirates, and they talk about the fish people. And I don't know why, when I said horse people, it's immediately where my brain went. It is the same. Anyways, I loved the Four Horsemen and how they kind of changed it to be modern. Yeah. Pollution was effing brilliant. Yeah, they said um, pestilence resigned, so pollution took over, and he really was doing a bang-up job. So brilliant. It was really funny. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic writing. Yes. Yeah, and I think that was just kind of part of the satire of it all. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not necessarily making fun of Mm -hmm. anything, I didn't feel, 
But it's definitely, it's making a lot of logical points. Mm-hmm. And some of... I mean, it's definitely satire towards religion, but not necessarily God. Yeah. That makes sense. Like they're, Yes. They're making fun of kind of... How really humans, making, how humans kind of miscontru- misconstrue. Right. And, and I wouldn't even say making fun of, but like they're poking fun at things like, you know, these over-the-top televangelists mm-hmm. um, who you can kind of tell are not really sincere. Right. Or... You know. Are they ever? I mean, I'm sure that there are some people out there that might be on the TVs possibly. asking for the the thousands of dollars well, of donations. Maybe not the thousands of dollars, but maybe some like low level people <laughs> who are really just in it for for God. Maybe them. Maybe. Also, it was a really funny take on being British, which I have very little reference for since I'm not. But I watch a lot of British comedy. Yeah. So British comedy is. To me, way funnier than American comedy. Yeah. It's not. It's it's more not lowbrow comedy. Yeah, it's more intelligent comedy, yes. and it's oh, it's yeah. my favorite. American comedy does tend to have a tendency to be very lowbrow and yeah. like raunchy like, at times, and, and like slapstick. Yeah, and silly British and... comedy. You have to think about it sometimes. Yeah. So it's that's so pretty funny. funny. But anyway, so the Antichrist is there. He ends up growing up quite normally. Yeah. And he has a gang of like four kids or three other kids that follow him around. Mm-hmm. And th- there is a scene where the hellhound gets released and he's supposed yes, to go to his master. Baby. And he gets to his master and Adam's describing how he wants a dog. Mm-hmm. And he describes this tiny little dog. And it's the, like a little terrier. Yeah. And the hellhound's like, what? <laughs> but he like makes himself into it because that's what his master wants. Yeah. And then in the book, the hellhound gets really upset the closer to the apocalypse because he's like, I'm not done chasing rabbits or yeah. squirrels or there's sounds I have to bark at. Yeah. I'm not ready. Yeah. So he really ends up enjoying being a dog. And that's pretty funny. Okay. So a lot, a lot happens. A in lot. This book. Yeah. So much happens. But do you feel like there's like a specific theme or a specific point or? Not really. I mean, I guess I, I felt like the over all theme it kind of i mentioned a minute ago was that humans can screw up the world just fine on their own without mm-hmm. any intervention from heaven or hell yeah so kind of we have it going for us to screw it up without crowley and yeah or aziraphale losing the antichrist <laughs> it was just gonna happen anyway yeah so kind of that's a little humorous they get to the apocalypse and it's the point where adam is really supposed to kind of snap and in the world Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, And they realize that because he was just raised just normal, he's not good or evil. He is just human. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool. I really liked that because it felt to me at least that it was kind of making this point that yeah, humans can be shitty, but there are good there is mm-hmm. good out there there mm-hmm. there is a possibility of goodness yes and i really liked that because especially now sometimes it feels like God, people just suck yeah and you know every once in a while it's just it's really frustrating to see what's going on in the world and mm-hmm. frustrating is a very mild term to what i feel sometimes yes. but 
And so it just, it kind of made you smile for mm-hmm. a second and just be like, yeah, that's right. People can be good. Like, like the apocalypse riding on an 11 year old boy. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And him and his gang, they're called the them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the old people in the village call them. Oh, it's them. And they're really funny. Like, because he's the Antichrist and he doesn't realize it, every time they play pretend, Whatever they pretend happens somewhere. Yeah. So that's really hysterical, mm-hmm. I thought. Like they accidentally like the kraken comes Yeah, up. they accidentally raised Atlantis from the depths. I would love to see Atlantis. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, it was really funny. And then we haven't even talked about Agnes Nutter. Yeah. She was hysterical. She's Yes. Like her um kind of her part in it being like when the witch finders march up to her door and she's like, I was supposed to be dead half an hour ago. Right? You were already <laughs> supposed to have me dead. We're, you were late. What is happening? Like, she's a witch in the 1640s-ish, yeah. I think. And she does ridiculously accurate prophecies, but they're kind of twisted so you don't really know until after it's already happened right? that it was true. Yeah, sometimes it's like, oh, that's what that meant. <laughs> yeah, but she also, they thought she was a witch because she advocated running as exercise. <laughs> and and good... Good hygiene. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You must be a witch if you think that we should take a bath more than once a month, obviously. Right. Like For a quick uh, side reference, I just was listening to My Favorite Murder, which is another podcast. And they did an episode, this was weeks ago, but they did an episode on Typhoid Mary. And I really didn't know anything about her. I have no clue. Oh, okay. So really fast. She was a carrier of the disease. She never had it, Mm -hmm. but she carried it. She was a cook in several different households and did not have good hygiene. And because Uh. of it... Um, spread that illness around to over 50 people. Did she consciously do it? Hold, please. Over 50 people got ill and three people died. And so eventually this was, you know, back in the early, I think it was the early 1900s. I'll fact check it just to be sure. But so they kind of figure out somehow back then, I don't know how, but they figure out that she's a carrier of it. And they're like, ma'am, you cannot be a cook. Mm-hmm. You're spreading this illness around. People are getting very, very ill because of you. And she's like, <laughs> she's like shut the hell up. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm clearly not sick. And so That's she funny. keeps cooking. And so they finally like lock her up in kind of this, this hospital for the mentally ill. Lock her up for a while. And because they're like, she won't quit. Like, mm-hmm. she's making people ill. So she stays there for years until finally they're like, okay, we're going to let you out. But you can't cook for people. You can't spread this disease. You need better hygiene, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, bye. Disappears. They find her years later doing what? Cooking. Cooking. That's hysterical. And she's like, oh, you caught me. <laughs> and so then she's locked up for the rest of her life simply because... She refused to wash her damn hands and wouldn't stop cooking for people. That's really funny. That's Typhoid Mary in a two minute, (laughs) (laughs) two minute synopsis. That's hilarious though. So yeah, good hygiene. It's very good idea. Yes, very good idea. But yeah, going back to Adam, I found this, um, I took a picture of one of his quotes near the end 
And it was so brilliant. I had to take a moment. But it said, I don't see what's so terrific about creating people as people and then getting upset when they when they act like people. If you stopped telling people it's all sorted out after they're dead, they might try sorting it all out themselves while they're alive. And I just thought mm-hmm. that was so brilliant. Yes. Like, I like yeah like don't be mad mm-hmm. you created people to be people then you got mad that they were people yeah how dare you mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that was just that was what great. did you think about the ineffable plan i had to look that word up isn't it just infallible mm-hmm. yeah um, well i didn't know that well i'm clearly smarter than you so that's why we're here <laughs> i have no rebuttal for you continue <laughs> Um, I don't know. I thought it was funny. They kept talking about like, yeah, this is actually supposed to happen. It's it's all part of the ineffable plan. Sure, that was that happened the way that it was meant to. We didn't screw up and lose the Antichrist. It's just part of the plan. I don't know. I feel like it reminded me of some shady corporation just talk like Mm -hmm. doing a business like a I think um, that's the way it was supposed to come across. Like it it came across as like a conference. Mm -hmm. What's that thing where you have uh, journalists come and you talk into a bunch of mics and they a press conference that press conference it has been firmly established you are no more intelligent at night <laughs> than you are during the day <laughs> i tried i did good job um but no it feels like some smarmy corporation doing a press conference mm-hmm. be like no no this is happening exactly like we wanted it yes. to we meant to do that yeah it's gross yeah. i yeah i didn't like it Okay. Well, let's talk about some little discussion questions. Love. What did you expect before picking up this book and were your expectations met or missed? I expected it to be, because it was written by Neil Gaiman, I am sad to say that I don't know much about Terry Pratchett at all. I really don't either. But from what I know of Neil Gaiman, I expected it to be a lot more satirical and a little bit blasphemous. Yeah. But instead, it felt really thought through. Mm-hmm. And it brought up a lot of questions that I have had mm-hmm. about like, but why do we have to do this? It wasn't offensive for the sake of offending. Right. It just brought up a lot of really good questions when so many people have been told like, no, no, don't question, mm-hmm. just believe. Right. And it, I thought it brought up a lot of really thoughtful and logical mm-hmm. discussion points. Yeah, that um, makes sense. I did not realize it would be as funny as it was. I thought it was hysterical. I, I cackled several times. <laughs> I will say that I made the bad decision of watching the show before I read the book. I told you not to. I know, but I just, it looked so good. And I was going through the worst reading slump of my life. You still are in it. No, it was awful. I had to sit here in this office and finish like the last 20 pages because like I can't do it. Yeah, I had to make her finish this book. Not because she didn't like it. No, it's just, it's so hard for me to read right now. Like, it sucks so bad. And I want to read so bad. I have two library, no, I have three library books checked out right now that I have been so excited to read. And I I don't know how I'm going to do it. wonder what brings on reading slumps. I don't know. I initially thought it was just anxiety issues, just mm-hmm. internal issues myself. Not mm-hmm. that I couldn't get into a book. But now that I'm kind of past that, I'm like, all right. <laughs> It's time to, time to start reading again. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, I don't know. Um, But I did, I I thought it was, I, I loved the show, 
but I think it kind of skewed my mm-hmm. my thoughts on how funny the book would be because I thought the show was hysterical and I thought the book was really funny too mm-hmm. but I think the show is just funnier because it's David freaking Tennant and, and Michael Sheen and I don't know much about Michael Sheen either oh my gosh he's hilarious I can't he's very moldable but he's always kind of like creepy and see, he doesn't feel creepy to me as Aziraphale. He just, he seems like, I don't even know. Like, he's hes just a goober. Like, mm-hmm. he's just goofy. And, he is, yeah. But yeah, I thought that the show was hysterical. And so it, I didn't think that the book was as funny. And that's my bad. It's not anything to do with the book. It's, that's yes. on me. I, that's on you. I do accept. What do you have? What you got? Let's see. Okay, so we haven't talked about her enough. So let's talk about how do you view the roles of Agnes Nutter and Anathema? Do their prophecies fit into the satire or are they merely there as plot moving devices? I felt that they were a bit there for the plot, like to move the plot along. I didn't really think they fit into the satire part of it. I thought that Agnes as a as a character, as a person, was pretty pretty funny. Hilarious. I guess it could be satirical towards the witch hunting. Yeah. Like, like uh, she was probably like the only legitimate witch mm-hmm. that they like in right. quotation marks burned at the stake. And then like the kids were playing the Spanish Inquisition mm-hmm. and they're like, but it's the British Inquisition because we're British. Yeah. That and and then they just happened to come across anathema and don't think anything about her mm-hmm. being she calls herself an occultist mm-hmm. and she tells adam all about the things that she believes which kind of kickstarts him believing things mm-hmm. into existence yes mm-hmm. and anathema is agnes's descendant so yeah. when agnes is burned at the stake in the thir- 13 no 1640s she leaves her book of prophecies for her descendants and so every descendant from that point on spends their time trying to determine the prophecies and it becomes to the point where Agnes or anathema is the one that's supposed to help stop the apocalypse Mm -hmm. and she teams up with newt pulsifer who's descended from the witch finder who killed killed, her grandma and they team up and that's brilliant they're hilarious together they are funny together yeah i i really i liked newt because he was just this normal everyday dude that needed a job and so he responded to an advert mm-hmm. and happened to become this witch finder for this crazy man. Yes, the sergeant witch finder uh, Shadwell. Shadwell's his name. Yes. There we go. He's hysterical. He's like the most racist. He's like the racist grandpa that But he's racist to like everybody. He's offended by literally everything. Ugh. And he keeps calling his poor neighbor lady a whore. Whore. And the whore of Babylon. Uh, and Jezebel, harlot. Yeah, it's awful. And it's, she's so sweet. Right, but then they ended up kind of like yeah. having a thing. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, I thought he was just, what he just seeing what he would say next was hysterical. Yeah, he annoyed the hell out of me. He was like my least liked character. That's funny. I thought just it was amusing just to see what he was gonna say next your husband is just rubbing off on you this is possible i don't like it (laughs) okay do you believe in separation between good and evil if so what's the difference and how do you know which is which are your personal beliefs reflected in this book 
And how does this reflect in the characters of Aziraphale and Crowley? That was like three questions. That was so many questions. We're kind of delving a little into our personal views. I enjoyed, like I said kind of earlier, I really enjoyed some of the very logical questions brought up because they're very similar, Mm -hmm. sometimes exactly the same questions that I've had after years and years of indoctrination. And so that part I really enjoyed and it kind of fit Mm -hmm. me kind of to a T. And I don't know, I kind of liked... I think the reason I liked Crowley so much more than Aziraphale, even though I really liked Aziraphale, he had a a rare bookstore, so clearly he's awesome. But I think the reason that I liked Crowley so much is because, yeah, 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 I'm a demon, whatever, but I'm going to do what I want to do because it -hmm. doesn't matter. And he wasn't, and that was one of the things in the the plot was that we're all kind of a little good and a little evil, even angels and demons. And they had to each flex a Mm -hmm. little bit to work together to stop the apocalypse from happening. Yeah. I think that it kind of proves that when you kind of look back at all the things that Crowley, all the bad in quotation marks, that uh, things that Crowley did throughout the book, the worst thing he did was protect himself from being taken in by demons to hell because mm-hmm. he had, you know, clearly tried to stop the... And lost the Antichrist. Yeah. It's so, kind of a big deal if you're a demon and sure. you, you misplace the Antichrist. Sure. No, it's very bad. But, like, that was the worst thing he did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just... I found him... I found him to be very similar in the fact that, like, yes, I'm I'm in this position and, yes, I have kind of this lot in life, but I'm still gonna... Mm-hmm. I'm still gonna be me, and I'm still gonna Wasn't do. Was there a quote? I think you had at one point. It was how they they became likable enough to try to work together, or something like that. But Aziraphale or Crowley won. So. Oh yes, okay, I did. So Aziraphale says, "I'd just like to say that if we don't get out of this, that I'll have known deep down inside that there was a spark of goodness in you." And then Crowley says to Aziraphale, "Just remember." I'll have known that deep down inside you were just enough of a bastard to be worth liking. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's it's spot on. It's like, you know, there's, yeah. like I said, there's, it's kind of the same in Harry Potter. We're not all good or mm-hmm. people aren't born. Death Eaters are born. Right. We have both dark and light inside of us. I just butchered that Harry Potter quote. It was so bad. Albus would not appreciate what you just no. did. But I'm pretty sure it was Sirius that was talking to Harry about it and he's like am i becoming bad and they're at grim 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 old place maybe you're right i should reread the series it's been a while yeah i mean i really feel like even though there's a lot of books that a once yearly reread is not a bad thing Mm -mm. and it has been a while and i have been meaning to reread them but Mm -hmm. now especially doing a podcast Mm -hmm. i'm like "Ah, but i need to read new things that i haven't talked about yet i know I have that problem. Yeah. Well, some funny things that I found about about Crowley or about sorry Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Mm-hmm. They did an interview, and it was like who wrote what, and Terry Pratchett said, "Well, I wrote all of the bits with the kids in it," and Crowley or, or why do I keep saying that? <laughs> and Probably because Crowley and Neil, Ga- Neil right. Gaiman are basically the same. Right, and Neil Gaiman wrote all the parts with the maggots in it. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but he also said that. Terry Pratchett wrote some of the first of it, and Neil Gaiman wrote some of the last of it, and and Terry Pratchett had the horsemen, or no, Neil had the horsemen and Terry had the kids, but they all, at the end, kind of bled over, and 
they did say that Crowley was based on some quirks and mannerisms of Neil Gaiman from the late 80s. Like his that makes tendency to wear sunglasses even when they weren't needed. His crazy ass like hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the funniest things about this is that people petitioned Netflix to stop making the show when it's an Amazon Prime show. <laughs> Hysterical. But the petition, you can, there's an article online. You can see their, like what their points are. Yeah. What were they so mad about? Um, one was of it them just were. Did they feel like it was making fun of... Right. They thought that it was, like, overtly... Blasphemous. Yeah, and blurring the lines between good and evil. The show is a mockery of God's order and religion mm-hmm. and makes good and evil seem equal and interchangeable. And I didn't really get that. I thought that they made it seem like we're... Like I said, all kind of... It ebbs and flows. It's yeah. very fluid. Right. I don't think any one person is staunchly good. Right. So yeah, even I think even the worst people still love like their mom or mm-hmm. like they're still there's still something. Spark of good yeah, there's something everybody. good. Yeah, I can see that. It also says it portrays God as a tyrant and devils or demons as being good. And I don't, I didn't pick up on that either. I think people who are petitioning this and having these things haven't actually. Oh, they never read the book. Seen it or kinda, read it. Like, kind of like how people were so horrible about harry potter but like but did you read it right like oh it makes me so mad so i thought that was just a really funny that is funny i'm not i'll I'll add that to the show notes as well because that'll be a fun read but we did enjoy this book a lot i did i did like it i'm glad i finally freaking finished it i'm so proud oh my gosh and now like i've got a couple of books that i'm really excited to read yeah maybe you'll get out of your reading something i'm i'm hoping so i've actually be stocked I have actually picked up a thriller from the library. Y'all know me in thrillers. Yeah. Like, they're they're very rarely they do well for me. And there's a brand new thriller that just dropped called 13. And I am hella excited to read it. Interesting. And it's been everywhere. Like, yeah. it's I, you can't miss it if you're on Bookstagram at all. So I'm very excited to see if it lives up to cool. the hype. Cool, cool. But yeah. Awesome. And our next buddy read is going to be something about an octopus or something. Yeah, the soul of an octopus. There you go. Yes, I'm very excited. We I'm a little nervous about this one. We haven't gotten to read a nonfiction together. So. We read Trevor Noah. Oh, shit. We haven't read a book about animals. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm going to give it a go. I think you should give it a go. It's and if you hate it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I would and love it. you know, the way life is. Yeah. Yes. There have been books that you really enjoyed and I hated. AKA that stupid Savannah one. What was that called? Midnight in the Garden. I didn't love it. I just didn't hate it. You liked it way more than I did. This is true. Ugh. You know, that's one of our most popular episodes. Wasn't it really? Yeah. It's- that's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're slowly growing. Yeah, we are. We appreciate you guys. We really do. For real, for real. If you love us too. You can absolutely go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us there. We would love it if you would do that. That just kind of bumps up our ratings a little bit so more people can find out about us because we're hilarious and awesome. And I think we tell you all about the really good books. I think so. And I think, I I do think we're hysterical. I mean, I'm a little biased, but for real, you know, I think we're really funny. Yeah, we're we're so funny. Yeah, but we love you guys. And we thank you for listening. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.